hello. Welcome to the Iron Bell Ministries podcast. I am Joel Gertis, and today I am joined by Tony Gore and Chad Reinecke. And today's uh, talk that we're going to kind of jump into is really centered on something that I'm excited about. Um, it's all about understanding God as Father and uh, really how our understanding of who God is as a father is so <laughs> intimately connected to yeah. our earthly father relationship. And I know that these two men have some pretty amazing stories about transformation and breakthrough in their own hearts and lives um, as it pertains to uh, knowing God as a father, but also mm-hmm. how that is connected to their uh, earthly father relationship. So we just, I just want to jump right in and uh, kind of get the dialogue going. So, Tony, why don't you share a little bit about your story, and then we'll jump into Chad's. Yeah. Um, boy, about five to seven years ago, I think uh, the Lord just really began to highlight some of uh, uh, just my history and and how it uh, has cast a shadow on my Christian walk, uh, especially with seeing God as my father. My, my early years, uh, my mom actually left my biological father before she even knew she was pregnant with me. So uh, you can imagine the upheaval for a young mom. And uh, so I grew up in those first few years with my uh, biological father not being a part of my life at all. Kind of knew of him and and, uh, talked a little bit about him uh, with my mom over the years, but just didn't have much relationship. And then about age 10, he decided, I think he just kind of grew up a little bit and kind of went, wow, I've got a son and I need you know, to develop some relationship. And so uh, he entered my life at that time. And as you can imagine, uh, it wasn't exactly smooth sailing with uh, this father that I'd never known. And so uh, that was a little bit of a dance through my childhood years, but then especially into young adulthood, really got into a lot of standoffs, you know, where uh, he wanted relationship, but I had a lot of resentment and a lot of pain and hurt and anger. And so we were pretty estranged for many years and a lot of pain both ways. Um, and, uh, and so that was kind of with my, my biological father. And we, you know, still had a relationship, but it was always very strained. And then, um, gosh, uh, uh, several years in, um, he, uh, uh, you know, I would always pray for him to kind of have a relationship with the Lord. He didn't really have that. And then later on in life, uh, really just a year or two before he passed away, he came to know the Lord. And that changed some things for us, but there's a lot of things still didn't change. It was never really warm and fuzzy with him before he passed away. And so I've still got a lot of work to do um, in the future with him, which I look forward to. Uh, but as, uh, as I began to kind of compare my uh, Christian walk with my earthly walk, uh, it began to get highlighted for me through people like Simon Bevy and talking with Greg Diedrich here at Iron Bell, um, that, uh, that the impact that my earthly father had on me and my relationship with him was really negatively impacting my relationship with God as my heavenly father. That, uh, that in many ways, I had God trapped under the shadow of mm-hmm. my er- earthly father. Yeah. And, uh, and so part of the journey for me was really learning how to release God from that shadow of my earthly father, which you know had a lot of baggage to it. And the Lord just saying, man, I have so much more, but you won't even invite me into that. And so in a nutshell, that was kind of um, mm-hmm. my story. I remember you telling me a little bit about that. And uh, I guess hearing from uh, like one of our ministry friends, her name's Michelle, just talking to us about how, uh, how 
intimately involved our relationship with like as far as how we perceive and know and relate to God um, our human relationships are that uh, you know like this father relationship is um, one that is intimately connected to the yeah. father God um, our relationship with our mom uh, is intimately relate, related to our relationship with the Holy Spirit mm. and then our relationship with our siblings can be uh, very uh, telling of what our relationship with Christ is like yeah. so uh, we have a common friend that's on the mission field and I remember driving around with him and just sharing that with him. And he just turned to me, pulled the car over. He's like, Oh my goodness, that is me. Hmm. And, um, he says, I know I'm about to have some breakthrough because I've never seen that before. I have a hmm. great relationship with my father, but, um, we don't know each other really intimately. Yeah. We have a good relationship but we don't know each other intimately. Right. And he said it like it, when he ever talked about the prodigal story, the prodigal son, he said, I'm kind of like the older brother, except only partially. He said, cause I don't look down on the younger son yeah. or the younger brother. He said, but I don't really spend time with the father at the mm. table. And I think mm. that transitions pretty good into your, a little bit of your story. Yeah. You may have just blown my mind with that. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, now my brain's spinning about, um, the dynamic in my family, but, you know, as Tony was telling a story, it just, it's, to me, it's so crazy how, you know, you hear a story like that where he didn't, you know, grow up with his biological father and didn't have that. Whereas I did, but we both in our walk with God, it's the same kind of dynamic. So, you know, I actually, my dad was in my life, um, you know, from the get go. And, uh, he was my biggest fan, mm -hmm. you know, as I was playing baseball and everything. And, um, because you played professionally? Yeah, I played right? professionally for 10 years. And, you know, basically once, you know, he retired when I was in college and, and when I was traveling the country, that's that's what he loved to do is come mm -hmm. watch me play. And my biggest fan and, you know, before probably last fall, I would have thought, man, what a, you know, that was just a great relationship. And it was. I, I loved and My dad passed away in December. And I'll kind of get into that. But, you know, I'd never considered any sort of, you know, I just thought it was, you know, the typical father-son relationship, but it wasn't until, um, you know, he started getting sick in, you know, he's been sick for 12 years, but it started to get bad, you know, in, in October. And I think, um, you know, do you want me to get into that? Yeah. Part? Yeah. So basically, yeah. So it's kind of a, it's a crazy story how, uh, you know, I've been on a journey probably for the last year or so where I really wanted to, you know, find out more about God and, and grow my relationship and I started surrounding myself with friends that I knew were believers. And, you know, I just wanted to take another step forward and just mm. see where I could go instead of just kind of being on the fence. So I had a friend call me one day and, and he was actually one of the guys that led me to Christ in college, you know, when I was at my lowest. And so we hadn't been in touch a lot, but just kind of every so often. And, you know, we started talking more and it was usually about baseball. And then he calls me one day and he said, when I was in the car and he said, you know what, the Holy Spirit's telling me that you need to come down to Nashville. And I, you know, I have two young kids. And what day is this? This is on a Monday. It's on a Monday. Yeah. And I have two young kids. My wife, you know, needs all the help she can get with them, two boys. And I'm like, man, I, I can't do that. I just can't leave on the spur of the moment. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. I understand. We'll have to get something set up soon. I want you to meet my pastor down here sometime. He just, he's, he's awesome. And I'm like, okay. So we start talking again and I'm telling you what, like inside, I'm like, you're supposed to go. And yeah. I'd never really felt I'll say that's probably one of the first times that I really felt 
you know, God speaking to me. You know, everybody talks about it, and sometimes you're like, oh, was that God? But that was the first time I couldn't ignore it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, buddy, let me call you later tonight. Let me talk to my wife. So I'm I'm going home and after work, and I'm like, man, she's going to think I'm crazy, you know, just leaving like this. And when she asked me why, what I'm going to say. And so basically I said, honey, I'm, you know, I'm going to Nashville tomorrow, and I'm going to stay the night. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you know, Franco – that's my buddy Dave Franco. It's like yeah, he asked me to come down, and and I was kind of kind of like <laughs> sticking, you know, stay around or stay away from the whole Holy Spirit thing. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna be honest with you. This is gonna sound crazy, but um, Franco told me that the Holy Spirit was telling him that I should come down, and now I feel like I need to go down there, and I can't get rid of this feeling. So she's like, oh, okay, I I guess I understand. So I drive down there uh, to make a. I'll try to make it as condensed as possible, but. I feel like I'm, I thought I was going down there to talk about, you know, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and how, you know, relying on the Holy Spirit to guide us. And it was starting off that way in the conversation. And then um, Pastor D, who's this pastor, he out of nowhere goes, how's your relationship with your dad? And my instinct was just like, oh, it's fine. It's great. My dad, biggest fan. You know, I was like, he's sick. He's sick now. And and he's like, well, you know, how sick? And I'm like, well, pretty sick. And I'm telling you what, it turned into like a, Oprah moment where I'm like laying on a couch, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he starts asking some questions. And at first I'm like, why are you, wait, whoa, 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 why are you asking about my dad? And so he says, well, I, the Holy Spirit's just telling me that I need to talk to you about your dad. And so he kind of starts digging a little bit. And then he asks, um, you know, is your dad a believer? And I said, well, you know, I, I'm not sure. And I said, I guess that's one of the things that's kind of been on my mind is, I feel like I need to ask him before he passes, but I'm scared to death. Mm-hmm. That's that's my dad. You know, I'm the baby of the family. I have an older brother who was my idol growing up. You know, my dad, um, he worked third shift, so usually he was working, um, and he would do everything he can to make it to my games. Never missed a game, but when it came to the daily activities, I was a mama's boy. You know, I, I was with right. my mom. I was on her hip. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just a mama's boy, and, you know, my dad – uh, he provided for us. He supported me in my sports, but it wasn't that, you know, Hey dad, let's go do a lot of stuff just because of his hours. And so, you know, he's like, he's like, well, you need, we need to ask your dad. I think that's something that's weighing on you. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll ask him. And then he starts staring at me. He goes, no, you need to ask your dad. And he's like, I will drive to Ohio with you right now. And I'm looking at this guy in his eyes and I'm like, he's not lying. Like if I, if I, and we're in Nashville, I'm like, if I said we're going, he would get in my car with me and drive six hours to talk to my dad about Christ. And <laughs> I'm, I'm like, okay, this guy's serious. And I'm like, I can't, we can't drive up there. And he's like, we'll call him. And I was like, you want me to do this over the phone? He's like, yes. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just trying to get out of this. You know what I mean? My human yeah. part of me is just like, just run. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but he's staring me in the eyes and I'm like, and I start to feel it. So I'm like, fine. And so I start dialing. I'm, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And he's like, just dial. So my buddy Dave's there. He runs over. It was just a crazy scene. He runs over to this prayer couch <laughs> and he's like, starts praying. Pastor D's praying. And Where do you get one of those prayer couches? I don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you like this, the whole thing went from like, oh, this is cool. Holy Spirit talk to like this therapy session about my dad. So I ended up calling my dad and, um, or actually called my mom and I was like, mom, is dad there? And he was pretty sick at this time. So he's sleeping a lot. He was at home and like a you know, a hospital bed that we had put in. She's like, well, he's sleeping. And I'm like, pardon me. I was like, okay, good. 
I called, but I don't have to do this now. She's like, you know what? Let me go wake him up. And I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. It's go time. And I'm really like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm still at this point, like holding the phone, scared to death about what I'm going to say. So he gets on the phone and, and I'm looking at Pastor D and I was like, hey dad, what's up? You know, and we had a very kidding relationship. Nothing was ever serious. My dad was just, a, he liked to joke, tell stories. Nothing was ever serious. So it was, it started off that way. Hey dad, how are things? Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then I just go, dad, um, God's telling me I need to ask you if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it just came out. And he's on the other end. And I started getting choked up. And he's on the other end. And he's bawling. And he said, yes, I do. And I'm bawling now. And so I was like, Dad, I, you know, I can hardly get the words out. I was like, Dad, I just want you to know I love you. He's like, I love you too. And then that was it. Like it wasn't a, you know, I was like, all right, Dad, well, I got to go. <laughs> you know, so we didn't. And I hung up the phone and if I can, I wish, I wish there was a visual here, but it was literally like the biggest shoulders relaxed, deep breath. And, you know, they talk about the weight of the world. I, I just, I sat there and the, my shoulders relaxed and I just, I just stared out blankly. Like it was literally, I felt the weight of the world off my shoulders. Mm. And I was like, that was just crazy. Like I could never imagine that. I didn't even know that was a, an issue with me. But from that point on, you know, then we started to discuss more about like how I viewed my dad, my relationship with my dad. Um, you know, that has a huge effect on how I see God. And one of the questions he asked me is, well, what do you, what do you see when I ask you, what do you, what do you see when I say, what's God look like? And that was such a weird question. I said, I don't know, like just some guy in the sky in the clouds. I don't know. You know, I couldn't, I, I literally couldn't imagine him as like a father, like wrapping his arm around me. So I, I know I'm kind of monopolizing the conversation, but that's no, it's good. It was just, uh, it was just that sort of experience where I, I literally had never thought about God truly being my father, like somebody that would wrap his arm around me, somebody that once, you know, now that I am a father to young boys, somebody that wants the best for my boys, but I have to have boundaries. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious too, too. Just uh, what's that journey been like? Uh, since your dad passed away and since that thought yeah. got planted for you. Oh my goodness. Chain. I'll tell you, his funeral, it was, for me, it was a celebration and it was the craziest mm -hmm. thing. I, obviously there were tears. Um, I, I, he was, he went into hospice and I spent a week, we spent a week in the hospital and they went into hospice, but my family was still out here in Louisville and we didn't know how long it would be and, you know, with work. So I was like, I got to go home and be with my family. But the night before he died, um, we're in hospice and everybody had left except for me. Everybody wanted to go home and sleep. We we're really tired, but there's just something I was like, I can't, if he, and he was not very like aware or awake, but I was like, if he wakes up and he's about to go, I don't want him to be alone. Mm -hmm. So I stayed there. My brother was going to come back after, you know, going to his family for a second. And he was not awake at all, like for three days. And all of a sudden he comes to. And he looks at me and he starts talking about, um, you need to take care of your mom. She's the most important thing. And again, this is not a, this is not a man that shared his feelings very much. Mm. The culture where I came from, that kind of German, um, you know, Catholic culture is very, the men don't show weakness. You don't talk about faith. You just keep that stuff to yourself. So he starts, I'm worried about your mom. She's the most important thing. Dad, we got her. Don't worry about it. You know, 
and then my brother comes in and I'm thinking about, man, there's a man dying and he knows he's dying. We've talked about it. You know, dad, you're not getting better. He's got his two boys on each side, you know, and, and we're just, and he starts you know, holding my hand and, uh, you know, sharing stuff, still laughing, you know, still had his personality. And then he pulled me in and this, this might sound weird to some people cause it was weird to me at the time, but he kissed me on the lips. First, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, in my recollection, I've never, we never even hugged. We shook <laughs> hands. And when he kissed me on the lips, to me, that was God saying like, you know, he's going to be gone soon, Chad. But like, this is like, I needed to see that. Yeah. It's a healing it. moment. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole, the whole death, the whole funeral, everything like was not that hard for me. It was like a beautiful thing. Like mm-hmm. God brought a lot. I was able to speak at his funeral and kind of give him, you know, he was always my biggest fan bragging about me. And I was like, you know what? I want to do that for him. Because he was a good dad. I mean, mm-hmm. I I love I love that man. He provided for us. He did everything. Um, but there were some things that now that I'm a father, I would probably change a little bit with my boys. Being a little bit more emotional, being a little bit more uh, open with my feelings, with with my faith. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that wasn't that wasn't his fault. That's the way he was raised. Yeah. But I'm just going to try to reverse that trend. Yeah, I, I think the reason why this is so important is because your story, Tony, your story, Chad, is so common. Uh, for for men uh, and women, mm-hmm. uh, like where they have fathers that were either absent or they were present and somewhat absent, mm-hmm. a little bit absent. So I know, Tony, you had a big breakthrough um, yeah. in your view of who the father was, the father God. And will you describe a little bit about that breakthrough? Yeah, well, I think it began kind of in my head, um, which was really kind of looking at how I treated God and how, especially how I treated God as my father. And when I really started kind of comparing, okay, my relationship with my earthly father and my relationship with my heavenly father, I was like, man, I really treat them the same way. You know, it's like with my uh, biological father who wanted to be a part of my life. I mean, he would say... Uh, now you know I love you and I'd be like yeah dad I know you love me but from my experience he wasn't really all that dependable at times and so he did love me but he could let me down on like the day-to-day stuff or you know delays and when he was going to catch up with me or correspond with me or whatever and and I started looking at how I treated God and I was like well that's pretty much the exact same way you know that that uh, on the big stuff, I go, yeah, I know, I know you love me. I know I'm going to go to heaven. I know you're going to save me. Um, but in the day to day, I mean, I just shut God out. It was like I just got to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I got to get life done. I got to get um, you know my things taken care of. And God is not really available for me day to day. You know, He expects me to do this stuff on my own. That right. was really my theology. Mm-hmm. And so part of what uh, some loving people began to kind of uh, chip away at, like the folks on on the couch there for you in Nashville, was to say, hey, you know, um, yeah, you you don't see God for who he is. You you really treat him like you like you had to handle your father. And um, and I was like, man. And I remember uh, Simon Bevy, a friend of ours, again, a friend of the ministry from from Kenya. Um, who uh, spoke into me, and and as he talked on prayer, and just that intimacy in prayer, I was like, man, I don't get that, and and I just felt like I'm going to get found out here, and kind of pushed in with him, and said, um, well, as you were talking about that, I just don't have that sort of relationship, God, I don't, my prayer life isn't really 
even that important to me. I don't expect much to happen. And without missing a beat, Simon looked at me and he said, you know, Tony, why would you, why would you pray if you don't trust the father? And that was kind of where I was like, Ooh, you know, it's like the emperor has no clothes. You know, it's like, I'm standing there naked in the room. And, and I was like, that's it. Um, I, I know God saved me, but I don't trust him. I don't trust him. And so there was this journey of, uh, of just, that began a journey of really crying out to God and going, okay, God, this has got to change. This has got to be different. And it, it was weeks, months where I was just kind of struggling through that, uh, trying to let go of that false belief that God couldn't be trusted on a day-to-day basis. And so there was breakthrough where I just, uh, really I'd had it. And, uh, and so there were times and seasons where I was just doing the best I knew to do. It's like I'm on my knees or I'm laying flat on the ground going, okay, I'm doing everything people have told me to do here to, to figure this out. And, and I'm not getting it. And I remember uh, it was very sweet to me because there was kind of a retreat time and, uh, pushed in and, and just kind of said, okay, God, this has got to be different. And as I took a walk around, um, a friend's house, um, you know, for an extended amount of time, uh, I, uh, was really just letting God have it, you know, just having it out with God. And that was kind of, uh, my moment, Chad, where, uh, where I really heard from the Lord and it was really sweet. What he said to me, it was perfect for me as a son. Uh, and he, the very first words I felt like I heard from the Lord that he impressed on my heart was he said, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be here for you, but not on your terms. You know, I'll, I'll meet you in the ways that I see fit to meet you. And it was so sweet. And I tell uh, lots of people in my testimony now, that was kind of my burning bush moment. I uh, was actually out um, on some property and there was this beautiful flowering bush and it was kind of where God met me. And, and it was different from that point on. And even the little, uh, I know you're not supposed to test the Lord, it says that in scripture somewhere, but there were times where in my pride and in my you know, rebelliousness, it was like, man, um, God, what about now? You know, what about when I'm not doing it perfect? What about when I do have an attitude? What about when I'm, you still here? I, Are you still here, Lord? Yeah, it was just, and, and, uh, so, you know, there were moments where he would go, well, I don't, I don't know about all that stuff, but I, I just love you. And it was like, he just, he, he proved himself to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was something that I think I always wanted my earthly father to do, and he just wasn't capable of doing. Again, his history, his background, which there was a lot of that for my father too. Um, and I always wanted my earthly father to prove himself to me, and he just was unable to do that. But my heavenly father was very willing to prove himself to me. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't I'm gonna have uh, both of you just pray for the people that are uh, listening right now, and um, just from your own perspective of your own journey, just bless them through uh, prayer right now, so they can connect uh, more closely with the Father. Will you do that? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Chad, why don't you start All us right. out? Uh, Father, we just thank you that uh, you are an available Father, and that you want to provide for us, and that you want to uh, to be there always, and that we can rely on you. Father, I just pray that uh, you make us men in this community, in this country, and all around the world to be fathers like that, to be fathers in your image to our boys and to raise the next generation, to to have that relationship with you that maybe some of us didn't. But that's okay because we're uh, we're always looking forward 
and we can always be a difference maker in our community. So, Father, I pray that for the men listening, you just show them how to be fathers to their sons and their daughters and to just uh, to heal them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Father, we, uh, we just pray for uh, all the, uh, the men and the women listening. I, I know there's so many that probably are hearing this and there's something is stirring in their heart because they recognize that how they've seen you is, is kind of trapped uh, with that image of their earthly father or mother or brothers and sisters. And, and so, Father, we pray that we would set you free, <laughs> that we would say we want you to be uh, the God that you, um, that you intend to be. That, uh, that we know that you're not limited by that, Father, but we tend to limit you with how we see you. And so we pray for all those listening that they would just kind of plumb the depths and they would um, just open their hearts and surrender. And, uh, and, and maybe even for, uh, I know for me, there was that journey of getting things from my head to my heart, Father. And, and so I pray for that journey for folks too, as they have kind of made sense of their theology and what they believe, and they're just living it out and walking it out. I know part of that for me was just kind of a, oh, well, you know, one day I'll get to heaven and God will sort all this out. But Father, we pray for your kingdom to come today. Um, uh, we, we need that to, to happen in us, and we pray for uh, everyone who's listening, Father, that your kingdom would come in them and that they would realize that uh, part of what stands in the way of that is that false, that false teaching, that false belief that says all this is going to be okay down the road. Father, you, you uh, instilled that in Jesus, and he walked in it. And then he looked at his disciples, and I think he looks at us and says, you know what? with the Holy Spirit guiding you day in and day out, trusting the heart of the Father day in and day out, this can you can do immeasurably more than uh, what you can ask or imagine. And so, Father, we pray that for people out there listening. I pray that for us, that your kingdom would come through us, that we would uh, be able to embody, not only to our family, but to a community, to a lost and dying world, uh, what it looks like to, uh, to love, what it looks like to be in step with your Spirit. And so we pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you guys for uh, being with me today and sharing your stories. Um, Again, Chad Reinecke and Tony Gore, and I am Joel Gertis for Iron Bell Ministries. And that's all from us today. Thank you. Thank you.